0: Good
1: morning. Good morning. Good morning.
2: Good
0: morning. Good morning. Good morning. I mean, you mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning, whether I want it or not?
2: Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God.
3: I don't know where we're going to start with this, Ben. This is not what we had planned. And, and where are you right now?
4: Uh, I'm at home uh nursing a, a lovely positive COVID test so i'm, I'm doing the right thing uh, uh you know avoiding avoiding the kfc drive-through which is i have to say the toughest thing i've done the entire lockdown very upsetting
3: <laughs> it's the most positive thing you've ever done <laughs> yeah.
4: i'm gonna I'm actually going to lose weight. It's outrageous.
3: (laughs) Well, you know what? There's only one thing I expect from you on this episode, and that is a Peter Finch impersonation from Network. Um, I'll let you work up a sweat first, which shouldn't be hard because you've got COVID.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it should be fine. Oh, now...
3: Well, there's no mucking around. The show must go on, and we have a guest at the desk, and uh, we'll get to her in just a moment. But g'day, everybody. Welcome to Good Movie Monday, the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name's Glenn Cochran, and coming to us from afar, as you've guessed, is Ben Helwig, who goes by the name of Finch for this episode. It's good to see you, mate.
4: Should I uh, slip in now that I am not that familiar with the movie network? (laughs) (laughs) A A lot of these references are going right over my head.
3: You're just determined to sabotage me every week without fail,
4: motherfucker. Yeah, it's because you don't tell me what you're going to be doing for the intros and stuff. You like to throw you like to throw me under the bus. I just like to return the favor.
3: That is my favorite thing to do. Sit in here with me at the desk in your place, I guess we'll say. Uh, she comes all the way from Sydney. She is a performer and a producer the lovely Belle Larkham, How are you?
0: Hello, I'm very happy to be here.
3: Thank you for joining us.
0: My pleasure.
3: The question has to be said, um, are you on the show today because we're talking about television or are we talking about television because you're in Melbourne and we snagged you?
0: No, I flew down to Melbourne. I heard this episode was happening and I got here as quick as I could. (laughs) You're missing out, Ben. (laughs) Happy to keep the seat warm.
4: Just, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's the, the universe conspiring against me. I've always had... I've always had a feeling that uh, everything was against me, and uh, this show has just proven it.
3: <laughs> well, Bell, we're going to turn our attention to you in just a moment. Um, but Ben, you have a special interview lined up for us a bit later on. Uh, can you just quickly tell people who that was with and um, and, and why they should care?
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I spoke to I spoke to uh, uh, Kate Fitzpatrick, uh, who's a programmer for the Melbourne International Film Festival. Uh, and I got her uh, ten must-sees of the festival, which was quite difficult, because she actually gave me about seventy must-sees, and we had to whittle it down to ten.
3: <laughs> she gave you the program.
4: Yeah, I mean, she picked all the films, so she loves all of them. Wow. <laughs> it was, so it was it was hard. It was hard to it was a hard it was a hard to whittle it down to just ten.
3: Cool. So we have that to look forward to.
4: <laughs> Yes. Was that not what you wanted? Talk it up, mate. Talk it up. Did I do it wrong? Yeah,
3: put a bit of spice on it, mate.
4: Oh no. Did I not make it exciting? Yeah, you did fine.
3: (laughs) No, well, it must be said that you don't do this type of thing very often.
4: God no. No, and there's a good reason for that. And when you listen to that, you'll understand why. (laughs) I could send you I should send you I, I savagely edited it. And by that I mean I took myself out of it as much as I could possibly do before I even sent it to you. Because nobody <laughs> needs to hear me talk. I don't understand why I'm on this show. <laughs> Neither doing? do I,
0: as a matter of fact. No.
4: You can count for
3: much longer. You can maybe
0: take over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a good three
4: weeks in <laughs> yeah, that's it. it was actually your audition i <laughs> promised glenn i wouldn't leave until he found the replacement
3: <laughs> now we should also let people know that we do have a brand new competition up on the website if you go to goodmoviemonday.com we're giving away double passes to see jordan peele's nope um which is opening in cinemas soon but we also have um awesome blu-ray pack of ghoulies one and two ben yes you want to tell us about that
4: Yes, I I, uh, I worked on that for uh, for Umbrella Entertainment, and they were kind enough to give us some some giveaways. It contains some never before seen, well, and by never before I mean in Australia, never before seen extras, uh, including two TV cuts. So those, and by that I mean because those two TV cuts were actually seen on TV at the time, <laughs> but there's two <laughs> TV cuts with additional footage. Uh, there's there's interviews. There's uh, uh, deleted scenes. There's all sorts of stuff on the on that on that uh, on that release, and I shamelessly ripped off the Roadshow VHS artwork for the slipcover uh, because I'm I'm a thief at heart.
3: <laughs> it is never, an awesome prize.
4: Never had an idea I didn't steal from someone else. I'm very proud. <laughs> very proud of it.
3: So. As I said, go to the goodmoviemonday.com website and um, just go to the giveaway pages. There's other stuff there as well as drive-in passes and uh, cinema tickets for other things and and very cool stuff up there. Um, We are on social media, so everybody should follow us on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram. Um, You can't miss us. We're green. It's it's the green logo, Ben. And uh, we do video content every single week on most of those platforms and it's extra bonus content. There will be some more coming up this week with the lovely (laughs) Bell. Looking forward to that. But... I want people to get on board with TikTok because there is an abundance of short, snappy moments carefully curated by myself to embarrass Benjamin to the max.
4: <laughs> That's nothing. People should sign up to my OnlyFans page where they can pay to watch me embarrass myself uh, horrendously.
3: I mean, I, I'm already on there. So <laughs> it's,
4: a, it's a good account, mate. You're it's my one account. and only, you're um, actually, my one and only sub. <laughs>
3: And yet, you know, I fund your lifestyle. Yeah,
4: <laughs> you pay for all. It's you Bell's pay for all those cucumbers. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right. I, oh, I can't segue now. I, thanks for that, mate. But I was going to say, Bell. It's fair to say you're addicted to TikTok as well. You fucking love it.
0: And OnlyFans.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and your TikTok name is Slice of Salami, right?
0: Slice of Salami. Yes, that is my TikTok name. Which man. is
3: weird because your whole OnlyFans name is um, Taste My Salami. So. <laughs> But Bell's just clocked up over a million like likes on TikTok. That's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it's actually bonkers. I don't think my brain's really caught up with it yet. I can't believe that so many people just want to sort of watch me live my life. And I feel so honoured to get to, you know, chat to everyone every day.
3: I mean, we've got a pretty dismal uh, TikTok account there, Ben. So we don't know what that's like to have people, you know,
4: <laughs> follow yeah. out every move. Well, you know, and you, i, I got to th- say, you know who's to blame. Like admittedly, most of the content is me embarrassing myself, but you're the one that decides to put it up there.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should, maybe we should just
4: introduce a new, I've seen what, what seems to work on TikTok. Maybe we should do a, like a new thing where I just fall off the chair every week and hurt myself. People do seem to like that.
3: <laughs> we could do that. Or uh, you can like take your pants off and put plates on your dick and we can pull a little tablecloth from underneath.
4: Yeah maybe a saucer i don't know if (laughs) i don't know if a plate would or like a like a you know like a thimble cup (laughs) (laughs) like a a sippy cup but that i would say sippy cup but that would get me into trouble it
3: certainly Uh, would Uh... Well, everybody, keep listening to the show because we have our regular segments coming up. We have Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Realm up in Sydney with our movie news update. We have the three Boneheads from the Bonehead Weekly Podcast in Kentucky. They'll be along to give their spin on today's show. And Jarrett Garn from Monsterfest will uh, bring you up to speed with what's been released on physical media. But first off, let's talk about why we've got you on the desk. Uh, not only are we talking about films that are about television, but you're in town for a show called Gone Girls.
0: Yes, so Gone Girls is a drag comedy show about Oz Paul, Julia Gillard and Julie Bishop face off, and it's about all those secret conversations that happen behind closed doors.
3: Amazing, and uh, you, who did you produce this one with? Or who?
0: So Patrick Liversy is uh, one of my best friends from university, firstly, and also the producer. They came up with the show about uh, three years ago. They were on a bus thinking about uh, Julia's misogyny speech and was like... I wonder if Julie Bishop emailed her after that happened. Did they, you know, did they bump into each other in the women's bathrooms and what did they talk about? Uh Uh, So uh, we then started from there and just kept writing, you know, what were the emails that went between them? And it sort of blossomed into the show it is today.
3: How on earth did you decide who gets to play who?
0: Well, uh, that decision was already made uh, on my behalf. I didn't get a choice in the matter. Uh, Patrick could do the Julia voice just down pat. So they chucked on a red wig and said, you're taking the blonde one. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: Did it take much to conjure Julia's voice?
0: Uh, Julie Bishop's voice is tough. She's got a quite a posh Aussie accent. And I think I have, you know, the other end of that spectrum. <laughs> um, but I like to think I do more of like a silly comedy campy version of her rather than, you know, true to the, true to the book.
3: <laughs> do you want to give
0: us a little bit? Ah uh, yes, let me let me prepare. <laughs>
3: didn't Cause... didn't plan for this.
0: <laughs> I've got a little survey running, a little survey about the prime minister. The three words that come to mind when they want to describe this prime minister, and what do you think the first word is? Liar. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well done. I can actually put in some applause there. Oh, like, perfect. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah some, maybe some laughter as well. That'll help. <laughs>
3: Um, And for someone like Ben, like the good news is that this show is 60 minutes long because, you know, for an old man like him, he doesn't last that.
0: (laughs) We've got a super cut on TikTok that goes for a minute, so you'll be fine.
4: Yeah. I thought you were going to say that halfway through they start scissoring, but.
0: uh... (laughs) Hey, there's a bit of love in every story, you know, that's for you to come and find out. (laughs)
3: Well, it is Planet Gasworks and that is insecure and that is from what dates of that plane?
0: That is from July twenty eighth, next uh, this Thursday until August sixth, the following Saturday.
3: Fantastic. And people can get their tickets at gasworks.org.au. Head over there and grab your tickets now. Um, you're here for the whole show though, so we have the pleasure of having you at the desk. I'm looking so much forward to this. We're gonna talk about some movies. Fuck yeah. So let's throw it to Jarrett and then we'll get straight into it. Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, this is Jarrett and welcome to PE Class. Now, it's a pretty quiet week for new releases this week. There's only one distributor releasing new releases on home entertainment, and that distributors is Vision through their Imprint Films label. Those titles include Ken Russell's dark, grim, and somewhat erotically charged movie, Whore, starring Teresa Russell. The very cool things to do in Denver when you're dead with an all-star cast, including Andy Garcia, William Forsythe, Christopher Walken, Christopher Lloyd, Treat Williams. It's a huge cast. It's a great movie. Nobody's Fool with Paul Newman. And Music of Chance with James Spader and Mandy Patinkin, a really underrated movie. Lastly, they're also putting out a box set, one that Glenn spoke about in a few episodes back when he interviewed Jim Sheridan. That box sets four Irish films by Jim Sheridan and includes My Left Foot, The Field, In the Name of the Father and The Boxer. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. So until next time, stay physical. Now what you
5: gonna do When you get a snack attack How'd you keep away from junk How'd you keep them off your back And when it's time to treat your belly Get off the beaten track Time to find a new direction Time to down a snack pack When the snack attack hits you you got the facts
6: There's nothing does it to you Like a snack pack When the snack attack hits you You know you got the facts There's nothing does it to you Like a snack pack it
5: wasn't for snack pack The stuff
3: Ben, it's pretty much a all in print release this week uh, there's nothing wrong with that um, but do you think there's a podcast in the world that talks about nobody's fool as much as we do
4: I don't think so I think there should be there should be more and there should be <laughs> entire podcast dedicated to uh, things to do in Denver when you're dead and the music of chant just those and that's it that's all you talk about every week
3: well I mean they're multifaceted movies <laughs> hmm. you know it's been 14 years since Paul Newman died I want to bring it back to nobody's fool by the way Um I'm like in my head still surprised that he's dead. Like my, my brain hasn't processed that one yet. Do you get that? Like,
4: No. I thought he died a long time ago. <laughs> no. He did. 14 years ago. <laughs> <That's> so... <right. laughs> Son of a bitch. Just go with him. Bro. Go I with him. Like Paul Newman is, is one of those people. He looked, he looked, he was, he's like the opposite of like Robert Redford and George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Like he actually looked older than he was. Bef- yeah. That's true for a long time so it was always surprising you know like theoretically how young he was in nobody's fool but he looked
3: Well I mean to me also like Road to Peditions not that old in my mind so it's just it spins me out when I remember that he's dead but anyway
4: Yeah well in, in my head I'm I'm 16 so <laughs> you know, it a... makes
3: everything you do inappropriate Yeah <laughs> Thank you to Jarrett for that from Monster Pictures. Um, go and look up Monster Fest and Monster Pictures on social media and um, keep up with what they're doing because it's only a matter of time before Monster Fest rolls around, dude. So
4: you better you better hop to it. Don't say that. It's, it's, we've still got 14 years.
3: <laughs> now, Bell, you're a, you're a television producer. Um, what does a regular day look like for you?
0: Oh, that is a tough question. Every day is different, but I would say my average day consists of, you know, first hour toast and coffee, <laughs> second hour kicking my feedback. No, it's um, it's a lot of chatting to people, which is why I kind of love the industry. A lot of talking. I work mostly with the story of the show. So mm-hmm. getting to interview potential contestants um, and finding out about their lives and what makes them tick and what makes them interesting and then getting to interview them, which is awesome.
3: That's like, Ben, that's too... TV producers We've got on the show Because Melzie Who joins us every month Is you know a TV producer as well We should maybe wrangle One of them To actually produce the show That'd be nice mm.
0: And <laughs> yeah. I flip-flop a bit Between that And like logistics So you know A bit of organising Here and there But I do love to do All the stuff With the contestants What
3: are some shows You've worked on?
0: Worked on Your classic reality Like The Bachelorette uh, Ninja Warrior I did recently um, What else? <laughs> And then I've done some documentaries. Like I did one with Chris Hemsworth that's coming out about fitness and lifestyle. And that was just such an incredible experience. And then uh, most recently, I was working on AGT, which was a blast. Crazy, wow. crazy, but a blast. So, Ben,
3: how many times now have you applied for Love Island?
4: <laughs> Every since it's since it started. I applied to the UK one.
3: I oh. thought it was pretty funny when you're on catfish, though. That was. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, I was surprised. I thought I was the one doing the catfishing, and it turned out turned out the other way around. Ridiculous. My favourite is the is, is my cameo on uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills.
3: Stalking Kim Richards.
4: Yeah, I was a uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I was abused by one of them.
3: All you wanted was an autograph for your, your copy of Escape
4: from Witch Mountain. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, you know, and uh, Vanilla Swirl. <laughs> I wanted. I just wanted vanilla. Was it vanilla ripple? What is it uh, that she wants from uh, I a I can't prisoner?
3: remember. I think it's a. I think it's a ripple.
4: Is it the vanilla ripple?
3: Let's let's move on and talk about some films about television because this is like a, a train wreck already, mate. Um, are you a moviegoer, Ben? Uh, ben Bell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds similar. <laughs> Change Jesus. the last syllable.
3: <laughs> You're actually sitting where Ben normally sits, so maybe it's just like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's automatic. <laughs>
0: You into movies? Oh, very, very much. So watching TV is watching TV and film is like my number one hobby. So definitely
3: fantastic. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit later and Perfect. talk about some films that you like. Um, but first, we're going to hand it over to you, Ben, for your first recommendation. And and surprisingly, there was no shortage of films to choose from with this particular theme. So I'm going to just assume that you went with the Ugly Truth.
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, one scene from the Ugly Truth because uh, it is it is one of my. No, I did not. I actually, no, I did go the reality route uh, uh, this time, but I went with uh, 2001's classic Series 7, The Contenders. Oh,
3: banger, oh. banger movie.
4: Which I remember when this came out, and it was, I feel, like, I feel like 2001, it was in the very, very early days of of the modern kind of, I don't know, I suppose not reality TV. Well, Big Brother had definitely... Had definitely been a thing, but I don't know if there was too much else. Well, the only one before it
3: we had was Sylvania Waters. <laughs> Do you remember that?
4: <laughs> Which I always thought that Nolene from Sylvania Waters was somehow like Paul Hogan's ex-wife. I thought that's yeah. what
7: that was. The gist of the
4: show. <laughs> what was the What was the guy's name?
3: He's like the he's the jealous new lover.
4: Yeah, I always in my head it's it's uh, Glenn Robbins from Kath and Kim.
3: <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember, remember right like now. that was compelling television when that came on that show like there was nothing like it like, I mean, why did we give
4: a shit i don't know i don't know i guess they it just because there was nothing like it and i, I kind of wish they had turned that show into series seven <laughs> for those for those at, for those listening at home who haven't heard of it series seven is is basically it's a reality show but the the station it's like there's i think there's six contenders. And it's the last one alive wins. So they're all given a gun though. They can, and they have to hunt. They have to yeah. hunt each other down. It's funny. It's directed by Daniel Minahan, who it's his first, the first film he ever directed. Um, prior to that, he was funnily enough, a producer of reality television. Uh, and it like the cast it's full. It's, it's a cast of, I don't want to say unknowns, but they're like, they're because they're people you've seen in like a million things, but, for the most part i don't know if, if anyone would have ever heard of them although the lead actress brooke smith is the uh the silence the, of the
3: lambs chick <laughs> yeah
4: the silence of the lambs the senator's daughter who gets uh, put in the hole and uh you know needs to put the lotion on her skin <laughs> uh but it, yeah it's really great so the six contenders there's like so there's brooke smith who's who's pregnant and she's the kind of carryover champ she's she's survived the past two seasons of the show And she's only got one more before she's free so it's very similar to running man in that in that regard where they except you don't just have to win one one episode of the running man to end up on the tropical island slash uh dead in the basement of the running man show (laughs) spoilers (laughs) sorry um you have to win three you have to survive three and she's very heavily pregnant at the start of the of the show uh and then there's um there's rich adventure who who i know primarily as the colonel from heartbreak ridge uh that who constantly says the word clusterfuck is it clusterfuck (laughs) in uh, heartbreak ridge um it's a good word it's a good it's great it, it works really well in in heartbreak ridge merit weaver from studio 60 on the sunset strip is in it uh and uh the, the the standard though is Mary Louise Burke, who I've never heard of. I don't know what else she's done, but she's she's kind of like the most fierce competitor. But she's also like the mousy nurse. She's like a, she's like an ER nurse, or uh, who uh, is actually like incredibly uh, sadistic and vindictive. It's it's really it's really, it's really well put together. I like a lot of fun. Um, definitely worth checking out. I don't know how you can get it. I don't know if it's if it's available anymore. Like I had to <laughs> I...
3: That was good of you to pick a movie that nobody can find.
4: <laughs> Tough. Figure it out people.
3: <laughs> Go to op shops. There's probably a copy on video.
4: I had to dig out. I had to dig out my old VHS.
3: Yeah, damn straight. Cuz that did come around at a time when like I think Big Brother was sort of not far away, but there was another movie called My Little Eye. Do you remember that? And that yeah. was a reality TV show one a bit similar but more horror.
4: Cool. Well there's it's kind of um like do you remember the 10th victim that's what i oh, always no. thought it was it was like that's an italian movie with uh marcella mastriani and um uh, ursula andress where they're but it's like it, it, it's exactly the same they're but they're globe hopping they're like they travel the world and it's but it's all it's not really for a tv show though it all is filmed yeah uh, where they, they're kind of hunting each other and uh, trying to be the last one standing and similar to what happens in series 7 two of the contestants kind of fall in love and that causes and they kind of rip it all off in the hunger games with that that kind of aspect of it and there's actually this one there's a there's a alternate ending um which was on the on the i believe on the dvd release which i didn't see where um uh yeah there's a like a savage to what to, to, to what happens there's a savage crowd reaction that leads to uh that leads to some some killing. The contestants end up getting killed because the viewers at home do not like the ending.
3: Mate, you've given people a challenge this week. They can go and hunt that one down and, and report back to us on that one.
4: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I, look, I think it's it's it, it wasn't on any streaming service here in Australia. I think it is on streaming services overseas, um, but it did come out. I'm pretty sure it came out here on DVD and on VHS. So it will be available on eBay.
3: It's quite likely on YouTube for free as well. You know, people upload that shit all the time.
4: It's, it's
8: probably on YouTube,
4: actually. I didn't even look there, yeah.
8: How's it going, everybody? It's Yemi here again from ScreenRealm.com. Dot com. And I'm saying that again because the website is back. It's actually back after about a month of us working on the technical difficulties. It's back in action. It's got a bit of a new look, so be sure to check it out. We've got your latest streaming release schedules for Australia, August lineups for Netflix, Amazon Prime, Shutter, etc. We've also put up a number of the big trailers that have come out in the last week. And make sure you subscribe to Screen Realm on YouTube as well. I've just got another interview up there. This time it's with Australian filmmaker Andrew Trauki, known for films such as Blackwater and The Reef. and. We We talk about his latest a shark thriller titled the reef stored and while i have you let me tell you about a few of the movie news stories you may have missed in the past week kicking off with the next film in the a quiet place franchise the film has been given its title a quiet place day one which if you've seen the second film you'll know that day one refers to the day that the aliens first arrive on planet earth the film also has a new release date it was supposed to be hitting cinemas september in 2023 now it's moved to march 8th 2024. A Quiet Place Day 1 is being directed by Michael Sarnowski, who made his impressive feature debut with 2021's Pig starring Nicolas Cage a really good film that you should check out if you haven't seen it more sequel news a follow-up to 2021's Mortal Kombat is moving ahead with Aussie filmmaker Simon McCoy returning at the helm at the global box office Mortal Kombat did just okay earning around 84 million dollars worldwide in box office receipts but it's important to note that this came out in 2021 in the middle of the pandemic and in the US it was simultaneously released on HBO Max where it apparently did quite well and Eddie Murphy is set to star in a holiday comedy titled Candy Cane Lane. Produced by Amazon Studios Imagine Entertainment and Eddie Murphy Productions, it's going to be lined up for a prime video release. Specific plot details are being kept under wraps, although we do know that it is inspired by the childhood holiday experiences of screenwriter Kelly Younger, whose previous credits include Muppets Now and Muppets Haunted Mansion. Now this film is going to mark a reunion for Eddie Murphy and director Reginald Hudlin. Hudlin directed Murphy in the 1992 comedy, Boomerang. That about does it for me guys thanks so much for having me once again as always ScreenRealm.com and be sure to follow us on YouTube and across social media ScreenRealm out
3: Hey everyone I just wanted to stop and talk about how you listen to us or better yet where you listen to us And I've got a really special offer exclusive to Good Movie Monday, um, if you just bear with me. But there are literally hundreds of places that you can get your fix of Good Movie Monday on the internet. Uh, But I'd love you to try a new app called Newsly. It's N-A-W-S-L-Y. I was a bit skeptical of them at first. They popped up on my news feed, you know, about a month ago. And I've looked into them and now we're partnered with them. So, for our benefit, whack this on your phone. It's completely free and it does not cost you a cent. But the way it works, it is essentially a super app. It works for iOS and Android, and it picks up all of the trending articles on the web on any topics that you choose at any given moment, and it reads them back to you in a human voice. Whether you're like driving to work and you haven't got time to read or you're on the train or whatever, the entire internet is basically listenable now. And the best part is they have a podcast section, which is where you would find us, but you can also explore all of the trending podcasts from over 80 countries um, make this your app. I also discovered that they have digital radio too, which you know suits me fine because I love listening to digital radio. But here's the deal. You can listen to everything on this app for free. Totally free. Just go to newsly.me. It's www.newsly.me. But if you want to upgrade to a premium subscription, which offers you so much more... You can use our exclusive code, Monday, but that's spelt M-N-D-A-Y, that's M-N-D-A-Y, and then you'll get an entire month of that premium subscription for free. So do do us a favour, check it out, Newsly, (laughs) N-E-W-S-L-Y.
9: What do supermarket shoppers say about the new Bag supermarkets? I like it very much.
2: What do they say about the weekly specials? I'm amazed at the prices. Weekly specials like Rosella canned soup varieties just 75 cents each. Softex toilet tissue $1.49. Sides of lamb only $1.99
0: per kilo. Support your local independent Bag store. It's part of your community. Good on them I say. Tuckerbag. where you'll pay less and enjoy it more.
3: Hell yes, something peppy to put a spring in your steppy. <laughs> nothing from Nothing by Billy Preston, mate, from the To Die For soundtrack. I know you're a fan of that one. I am indeed. That's uh, that's when Gus Van Sant is not in wanker mode. That's like a really good movie.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's so I'm ashamed to admit about To Die For was that I remember when it came out and I remember thinking, geez, Nicole Kidman's gotten old. And now I look at now I look at her and I'm like Jesus. Nicole Kidman is so young in this movie; it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's
3: that's a that's... banger, and Joaquin Phoenix before anyone knew who the fuck he was.
4: He actually made me physically ill, like because there's the, yeah, <laughs> there's that there's that scene in the movie where the camera kind of like pans in on him like really slowly, and he's got this really kind of sleazy look on his face, and mm-hmm. he just but he also looks like he's like high or stoned or something like he just looks totally dopey and it just it like it used to really upset me when i saw that scene <laughs> <was> like, oh. <laughs>
1: how did well,
4: let's know.
3: um let's take a break from the television stuff for a moment and talk about myth because last week the melbourne international film festival revealed their 2022 program and as you said before uh you had a chance to catch up with kate fitzpatrick um do you want to lead us into this one
4: i think you've done it you've just done a pretty good job You've taken away everything I was, would have said <laughs> Just then <laughs> <laughs> well, Here we
9: are at the quite exciting first night of The Linda film festival Wait, Wasn't that the first myth? Yeah, it is actually the, the first, first Australian white film, film right? festival of its kind of a hill A number of people are standing around carrying out what was probably the main idea behind the festival, talking about films. There's no hall large enough to take the expected audience of about 600 film enthusiasts from every part of Australia. But the crowd itself is quite different. Just across from me is a group of girls in slacks, a young fellow in shorts and open-necked shirt. There's an elderly silver-haired woman looking as though she's off to the opera, a businessman in black suit and white shirt, plenty of sports players. Altogether, it's a very representative crowd with one thing in common interest in films.
8: I think the organisers have done a marvellous job, and I hope that this festival is merely the forerunner of many future successful
9: festivals. festivals of this nature.
4: Thanks for doing this, Kate. Uh, I really <laughs> appreciate it.
6: Uh, my pleasure, Ben. It's great to be here.
4: Um, I did look, I've known you for a while now. Mm-hmm. And the entire time i've known you you've worked at Mif i am curious as to how how that all happened how did you get how, what's your origin story at Mif
6: oh god um well actually i was working at acme before that um in their film programs team and then i got seconded to the events team where i looked after mif um because you know acme is a venue for the festival and uh then uh, couple of years or a year after that maybe even a year um Michelle approached me and asked me to apply for a job they had going in their programming team um as their program manager right. and
4: yeah I got the job so and did that did that upset Acme that, that um, I mean
6: that, of course they were devastated to lose me they wouldn't but um no I mean it was it was great I, I had a great time at Acme I left on really good terms. It was just this other opportunity came along and I I took it. It was one of those weird things where the interview was terrible. It was via Skype. I was overseas with my sister. The sound fucked up. Everything was awful. Her kid was screaming in the background. I couldn't hear what anyone was saying. I was just thinking, this is the worst interview I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and then I went to Italy with a friend and got a message in Palermo that I'd got. job. <laughs> Must have said something right.
4: Amazing. Hopefully you're wearing pants. Like that is always a problem with Skype interviews that people don't wear pants because it's <laughs> just, just the uh, top down and then they yeah. get up for some reason because they forget.
6: <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't even tech savvy enough to realize I shouldn't be fully clothed. So <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, it's, it's like when you, yeah, you know, it's like the rules when you read the news, like none of those newsreaders wear pants. Yeah,
6: of course. Like I have it from
4: authority from people who work in the news that it's, that's it's fact
6: i would be very upset to find out that any any that did
4: actually yeah but speaking speaking of uh urban legends i did hear a, a, an urban legend about myth that for six months of the year it's the slackest job in the world and then for the other six months of the year it's mad panic is that uh um,
6: i mean yeah there's for six months of the year, there's very few of us at myth. So it's really just the programming team, marketing and yeah. partnerships, I think. Yeah, so it's mostly... And, you know, as soon as we're done with this one, you know, Toronto st- ha- happens, we start watching stuff all over again. Stuff again
4: for the new one. Yeah, it never stops. Yeah.
6: Yeah, it, it does. You have this kind of, oh, I mean, I've got heaps of time. I can watch that whenever. And then, you know, in the last six months, it's like, oh shit, I've got all this shit to watch. I need to, like, I need to do it now.
4: Yeah, you always do it two days before uh, the materials are due. That's how. That's how I like to do it.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's just like high school. I always did my homework the morning I had to hand it in. So, it's just my life. I, I always staunchly believe we never really leave high school. So, I'm really living that truth right now. <laughs>
4: Okay, Kate, I wanted to get your top 10 must-see films of this year's MIF program.
6: Uh, yep. So um, my first pick is uh, an American film called The African Desperate. Um, this is a film by visual artist Martine Symes, um, and it's just this terrific satire of the art um, art college scene, I suppose. Um, about which I know nothing, but it's a really terrific um set over a 24hour period um this great um, central protagonist is um, she's got her um, masters um, and she's dealing with a whole bunch of resentment from the noticeably white, I guess panel that that um, she's dealing with. And the whole thing is like she's she doesn't want to go to her going away. There's a big going away party, but she does. It's this really fantastic kind of messy party. Um and it's it's just really terrific. It's really some acerbic stuff. And obviously Martin son has had that kind of life, so she's drawing on a lot of her own experience
4: for it. It is it is on my this is on my list. Uh, of films to see at Myth. Great. Right. Uh, excellent, excellent number.
6: Good start, Ben.
4: Number one. What's <laughs> what's next? What's number two?
6: Our opening night film of an age is just magnificent um, and everybody should see it. Uh, if you don't see it at opening night, there'll be plenty of other opportunities to see it throughout the festival because it's a premier fund supported film by Goran Solevsky who's actually got two films at MIF this year, one of which premiered at Sundance earlier in the year, uh, You Won't Be Alone, in the Night oh. Shift program, which is also excellent. Um, but Of An Age is a, a very different film to that. Um, and it's it's one of the best Australian films I have seen in a very, very long time. I think it's really exceptional.
4: Number three.
6: Di Mani Corporis Fabrica is was one of my favorite things that I saw I think it's really exceptional filmmaking um it's by the the same film team who did Leviathan which was at MIFF I think in 2013 maybe 2014
4: I was Um, getting trouble with Leviathan because there's the Hellraiser doco and there's the film with Hector Elizondo and I always think that people are talking about whatever one they're not talking about is the one (laughs) they go on and they're like Hector or Elizondo did that (laughs) no, Um, no, like, this is like inner space meets like animal rest, like, not like real medical emergency type. uh...
6: Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of laparoscopic cameras used, um, and it's just, it's, it's wild. Like it's, it's truly the, the, the real Cronenberg of, of the, of the year.
4: Number so at number four.
6: Okay, um, Tori and Lakita, uh, which is a, the new Dardan brothers film about uh, a woman and a young boy who are struggling as refugees in Belgium. They're trying to stay together, um, and she's her uh, status has been denied. Her visa's been denied, so she gets in in with these rough crowd doing some illegal things and she and the boy are separated and they try and get back together and it's it's just beautifully done again non-actors um in the in the title roles but it's typically a beautiful film from them um and and really you know devastating as well so
4: okay excellent and number
6: five i would be remiss if i didn't choose a film from the melbourne on film program because it's a program that's very close to my heart um i particularly love uh, a film from the 80s called moving out by michael pattinson starring a young vince colosimo um which is just a terrific film about an italian family living in in a Um, In Melbourne that are looking to move out to the suburbs and how their lives are affected by that and what's great about the screening as well apart from I mean the feature is is phenomenal on its own we're also screening a a restored version of a short film by Brian McKenzie called Winter's Harvest which follows uh, a Calabrian group of families out near Dandenong who um, like preparing a pig for the winter like sort of preparing a pig for all the multitudes of of things that they will make out of it. They're making a stew and they're making um, sausages and they're making meatballs. and, And it's just a terrific, terrific document of the time and of the culture and how their traditional way of preparing the food is under threat now that they're living in Australia and Australian, you know, food laws and stuff like that. And as like someone who grew up around... Springvale, Dandenong—it's pretty fascinating because it's proper farmland back in the eight. It's 1980, I think. So.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is number uh, six?
6: Um, After Sun, which is in our Bright Horizons. Uh, it's playing in competition. Um, it's, it's just a, the most beautiful film. It's by a Scottish director, Charlotte Wells, and it stars Paul Mescal. Uh, it's just this really lovely uh, father-daughter story. Um, them going away on holiday, but also flashing forward in time with her reckoning with her relationship with her father. It's just a very beautiful, beautiful film. Lovely. Number seven is yeah. a, one of our restoration um, titles, The Cassandra Cat, which is this really wonderful Czech film that uh, it, it's just really to absolutely one to see in the cinema because, I mean, the, the premise of it is this uh, cat, can see who people really are and who they really are has a colour assigned to it. So once the cat takes, the cat has these amazing glasses that it wears and when they take the the glasses off the cat, that's when everybody changes colour and, you know, the liars go uh, one colour. If someone's cheating on their wife, they turn a different colour and then the people who are in love turn another colour. They're red, obviously, but it's just such a vibrant beautiful-looking film that it's really, I think, will be a treat to see in cinema.
4: So, uh, number eight.
6: Uh, All right, I'm going off script here. Uh, War Pony, I think, is really terrific and one that I think people are interested in, but I don't know that it will uh, come out later. It's the directorial debut, and it won the camera door at at Cannes. Um, It's Riley Keough and Gina Gamel. Um, which is set on uh, Pine Ridge Reservation, um, and it follows these two young um, First Nations—one's um, a young boy, and one's an older, like a maybe late teens, early early twenties—and follows their their lives. And they're not they're not directly connected, but they have a correlation between their two stories. It's just a really beautifully put together film.
4: So, wow, Riley Keough is really making some interesting choices in her career. Yes. She seems to be going from strength to strength.
6: She totally is. Uh Like, she makes some interesting choices, as has already done as an actor, and now to to move into the director's chair and to choose this really beautiful, nuanced story um, and approach it in a, you know, obviously in a consultative way, but, yeah, they've really put together a beautiful film, the, the pair of them
4: so what's your uh, number nine
6: Uh, there's a terrific documentary called fire of love by sarah dosa um and it's a beautiful almost entirely archival footage i think it's actually it is it's all archival footage of the um and morris craft who met um and married um and kind of bonded over their mutual love of volcanoes so all of the footage is footage that they took um it's narrated by Miranda July and it's a really terrific obviously beautiful looking documentary but a really beautiful love story as well and one of the screenings is at IMAX which I would strongly advise you should try and get to that because seeing this on the biggest screen possible is
4: a must okay last but not least number number 10
6: Um, Well, I'd love to give a shout out to one of our virtual reality pieces. It's a very beautiful piece. It's the only one that we're doing in person. Everything else is online on the XR Gallery, which I obviously strongly urge everyone to check out. But Gondwana is this magnificent, beautiful, interactive virtual reality piece that's going to be installed at Acme in the Swinburne studio for a 48-hour period. So It's going to be ticketed through the day and come in for 20-minute allotments. Um, And you you see the Daintree forest change over time, Um, obviously in regards to the effects of climate change. Um, But the idea is that you visit multiple times. So what we're doing is if you have a ticket, it's free anyway, but you just need to allot the time to yourself. If you have a ticket through the um, peak period, which is 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., you can come back late in in the evening and it's just a first come first serve basis. And the idea is to come back and see where it's, what changes have made have have been Oh, so it kind
4: of goes in real time, like not in real time, but in like throughout the day. So you're, you don't see it all in that 20 minutes. It changes continuously throughout the throughout the exhibition. Oh, wow. Fascinating.
6: Every, every Every hour is like six months or something, so it changes
4: right.
6: this period. Um, and there's a really fantastic, which uh, you can only see at the end. There's a finale part to it as well.
4: Right. So the theme of this week's show, Kate, is uh, is TV on film. Have you got any uh, any film to it that you want to recommend for our listeners?
6: Uh, yes, yeah, so, you know, I, I tried to think of something else in the meantime and other things came up, but really I'm gonna stick with my original choice of Morning Glory, starring the wonderful Rachel McAdams.
4: That is one of my all-time
6: favorites. Oh great, 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 great. I mean Diane Keaton, Harrison Ford, What's Not to Love?
4: What yeah. And every the entire support cast on that TV show is amazing. Like the guy, I don't know what his name is but he's in a bunch of films he plays the weatherman oh god and he's in like he's in like finding forrester and he's in something new and he's in so many movies he's in the west wing he pops up in everything he's great um and i do i like it when movies tell me that patrick uh, wilson is good looking (laughs) because yeah yeah, well, that's the. Th- it's like Julia Roberts. In every Julia Roberts movie, they've got someone there telling you that Julia Roberts is good looking, and you're like, Sorry? I, really need, we <laughs> need too. a bit of advice on that." But thank you for telling me, because uh, uh, you yeah, know, otherwise, maybe I, I wouldn't have known. But uh, yeah, they do spend quite a bit of time talking about how good looking. Uh, I think she actually mimes it too. She's like, because with the f- and the and the whole, you know, it's a great bit of the movie
6: yeah yeah she's do,
4: she's terrific i do like and you get to watch harrison ford teaches you how to make omelets yeah which is exactly. uh, just
6: makes like you like have this great intimate moment with him where you feel yeah. like i can totally see him doing this in my apartment
4: oh awesome all right fantastic kate thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and uh, and talking about myth i am very excited slash disappointed that i'll be spending so much time in the city <laughs> uh, a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. I, uh, <laughs> I recall, but I'll be one of them this year. Fantastic. Thank you very yeah.
6: much. do it. Thanks a lot, Ben. It was really fun.
1: <laughs> In the way of our tribe, a warrior must fight the great grizzly with bare hands like these mighty
2: warriors before you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd rather munch on mancheros. <laughs>
1: welcome to bonehead weekly fun size where there's only one good movie about television ever made oh i disagree i disagree i disagree disagree all you want to we were arguing right before we started recording chad started screaming push record this is gold
7: (laughs) because uh for 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 our uh good movie monday listeners we both james and i already knew what joe was going to pick well for this the second. problem is
1: is i'm not i it i i thought about doing something different but it really is my favorite movie about television never made it's network sydney lumet sydney yeah. lumet is one of my favorite Actors. It's written by Patty Chiafsky. I have Tindy Lumet. It's one of my favorite directors. It's written by Patty Chiafsky, who was a freaking soothsayer and guessed everything that was going to happen in broadcast and journalism and media. And it has a murderer's role cast. And it's one of the best acted, best directed, well-made films of all time. Network. So uh, I'm gonna go what's next. Better than want... that fuck soap dish.
7: Oh no! I'm gonna go tell you what's better than network, and then James can... and James might get mad at me if this is what he steals. Uh, I wanted to go about a film that uh, I just recently watched, and it's one of those ones from my childhood that still holds up. I have been getting a lot uh, lately where I watch movies from my childhood that just don't. But 1992, Stay Tuned, is not one of them.
5: Oddly <laughs> enough, I knew you were gonna do Stay Tuned. Stay too. tuned. I could have called both of these, With but John go ahead. Talk Ritter about
7: Stay Tuned. And Pam Dauber uh and then uh and uh, the kitty Jeff- fiddler yeah and and jeffrey jones oh <laughs> <laughs> and uh eugene levy uh and also bob eugene Dishy's levy in it too time. but oh. no i i really and by the way network uh, is one of my favorites too i can't and and yeah i just can't but uh but stay tuned is one of my personal favorites from my kids because
1: it's not great when i was young
7: uh, i loved it as a kid and i watched it uh about a year ago with my kids um and they loved it too and i that couldn't Movie I, came and went I just love John Ritter, and John Ritter is, in my opinion, one of those underappreciated actors in movie history. He has such a great range, and also he's one of the best comedic actors of all time.
1: He just was only successful on television. I mean, I shouldn't say that he's in a ton of movies, but people remember him for a lot. Right? Yeah. No. And so, if
7: you if you're not familiar with, stay tuned. I'll get it get over real quick. It's about a husband and wife who are not getting along with one another. The man, the husband, is obsessed with TV. And he makes a deal with the devil for a big screen television. And a result of him getting sucked, uh, the big deal is he gets sucked into the television and he has to survive for a certain amount of time or his soul ends up in hell.
1: You say he makes a deal and gets a bigger TV for his Bigger TV
7: and a satellite dish.
1: I tell you.
7: And the TV... And I may love this movie. I may need to revisit it. And the TV that is in, in this is nowhere near comparative to the TVs you can get nowadays the 90s people
2: yeah
7: james what's yours
5: you all are both wrong sure network was foreseeing the future and sure stay tuned involved with the, <laughs> <seeing> the future? <laughs> for say for sooth uh, in an uh but but both of you are wrong the obvious best choice for best movie ever about television and television stations was directed by jay levy and starred both michael richard and one I'm, alfred yankovic okay. you've got it all on uhf i am sorry I don't stay care. tuned
7: stay tuned is superior to UHF. i'm
5: sorry i can't hear you over your wrongness you, <laughs> maybe, is there an adjustment okay i'm UHF gonna i'm gonna go out and say,
1: i'm gonna go out and say i tried watching uhf a few months ago i only made it through about 20 minutes
5: but that's because you don't but have I haven't also also because you eight. traded it for a television <laughs>
1: yeah but it's a really big
5: uhf uhf is is a parody of everything about television and movies and it if you're a weird owl fan it's essential viewing it is it has been re-released it was not a hit when it came out it was it tested better than batman but somehow underperformed
1: 89 buddy we talked all about it go see our 1989 episodes bonehead weekly this has been bonehead weekly we got it all on uhf size.
3: Now, Bell, I was going to let you go next with your movie of choice, but the Boneheads went and stole two of my recommendations. <laughs> so I kind of want to go and, and pick up what they've dropped. Um, but, of course, let's thank them. It's Joe, Chad and James from the Bonehead Weekly Podcast. You can find their show wherever you get podcasts from. Uh, they do a video presentation of it on YouTube as well. That's where I would I would highly recommend you go and look at. Uh, so Chad first took Stay Tuned, Ben. That was going to be mine. That's a bonafide banger of a movie but I, I can let that slide, but it was James, the filthy motherfucker. He took UHF from me and I had told you long before that they delivered their segment that I was going to do UHF, so I'm not going to let him have that glory. So that's my first recommendation. <laughs> Weird our Yankovic's UHF, uh, previously known as the vidiot from UHF in Australia, And that was actually the original title for the film was The Vidiot which um, Weird Al proposed that as the title and the studio knocked him back because they thought it was too stupid. It's like, did you even see the movie? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But this movie is more or less a parody of Sidney Lumet's Network. Um, Still waiting for your impersonation by the way Ben. And Network was of course Joe's choice back then so it's all swings and roundabouts it all comes back. But Joe was right. Network is like one of the great social commentaries of its kind. It kind of even predicted where we're at now with, you know, media and and the way the world is. But in my mind, few comedies come as close
4: to genius as UHF. (laughs)
3: Did you thrash this VHS as a kid like I did, mate?
4: I watched it a lot. I used to to love it. Like, I was... Because I was a big Weird Al fan. Yeah. To the point where I used to listen to his, like, the comedy tapes and sing them at school (laughs) in a very embarrassing manner. (laughs) And to the point, like, I didn't even... I was I wasn't even smart enough to get the references. Like I didn't even know the songs he was like taking the piss out of. <laughs> I was just like I it thought. It was they a long be
3: time out. before. It was a long time before I realized it was a parody of Network.
4: <clears throat> yeah, no, I had no idea. I still don't. I you know I don't remember there being a. Uh, like a spin the wheel suck the fire hydrant hose bit in, uh, in <laughs> yeah.
3: well i'm gonna to get to that but the movie was made in 1989 and directed by jay levy and he's pretty much um directed all of weird al's music videos he's weird al's manager in fact but this is where the network side of it comes into it um the story has um him playing uh, oh it's, it's a network type of uh tv station like a, a down on its like insignificant kind of um station that's on its last legs and weird al's uncle wins its ownership in a poker match and then he gives it off to his nephew because he doesn't know what to do with it and that's weird al and then suddenly weird al sort of brings the ratings right back up and makes it the number one station in town because of his outrageous programming which is what you were talking about things like wheel of fish conan the Librarian. And most hilariously, like Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse has got to be one of the greatest things I've ever seen. That was hosted by The Janitor, which was played by Michael Richards, arguably the best thing he's ever done. I think Kramer holds nothing on Stanley Spadowski. It's one of the greatest comedy characters of all time. But then he goes and programs commercials for brands like Spatula City and... Plots are us mortuary. Like it is just a banger comedy. And then, you know, to create some drama, you have the big network boss that wants to take over the station and buy it out and bulldoze it. You throw in some Fran Drescher, and there's a midget cameraman called Noodles McIntyre, <laughs> and then an outrageous stereotype karate master called Cooney. And uh, the parodies are endless, and it is just hilarious. There's uh, Gandhi, too. I think uh, you and I can agree that's one of the funniest moments ever put on film.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: So, yeah, uh, we've agreed this is a staple part of values. Here's some fun facts for you, Ben. This was one of two movies that showcased the talent of Emo Phillips. <laughs> and that, Emo, to me, like, he's, one of, the, he's like one of the greatest comedy minds of a generation and, and still is. And it's one of only two films that showcased the talents of the Kipper Kids. Do you remember the Kipper Kids?
4: No. No.
3: They were like an avant-garde comedy troupe. Um, and they had like elongated jaws that were like prosthetic. And they were also featured in Forbidden Zone, the um Yeah, right. The yeah. Richard Alfman film. And they're the guys that do the whole ooh. Oh, oh, oh. you know, that's all <laughs> they do is they make sounds with their mouth. And a bit of added, added trivia, one of those guys, the, the one that's still alive, is um, married to Bet Midler. So there you go. A little bit wow. of uh, trivia for your next trivia night there, Ben.
4: I wonder if I wonder if that makes it means he's the father because Bet Midler's daughter is in a, one of the films that are playing at Myth. And she looks exactly ooh. like Bette Midler. And I, was, I, in my head, it's James Caan from, um, uh, for the boys. But I don't think, I, I think that was, that was just in the film. I don't think she was really. Yeah, well, no, they've
3: they've been married since the early '80s, so you know. Maybe, there you maybe, go. maybe But um, her dad. I wanna, I, I was, you, you're missing out right now, Ben, because I was gonna propose a challenge for this episode because one of the most famous foods in this movie, UHF, was the Twinkie Wiener sandwich, <laughs> which is an outrageous concoction. Uh, You're not with us, so you're going to have to do this with me alone, Belle. Maybe we'll bring my wife into it. And on Tuesday night's video on our uh, social media, you can watch us tempt a Twinkie wiener sandwich.
0: (laughs) Wish us luck.
4: I cannot begin to tell you how upset this makes me.
6: (laughs) Good Movie Monday is made possible with the support of people like Viewdorium. Vulorium is a streaming platform for rare and obscure movies And it's absolutely free. They also have a catalogue full of kids' flicks, classic movies, foreign cinema and more. Visit viewlorium.com today
0: to see what it's all about.
3: Okay, Belle, it is your turn. And to be fair, I didn't give you a lot to go on. I, I pretty much told you what the theme was, chucked you a few recommendations and a list of movies. I'm dead keen to hear what you came up with.
0: Beautiful. So I am normally a bit of a trashy film kind of gal. So The Ugly Truth isn't really far from what I normally watch. (laughs) But I thought, you know, I'd up my taste levels a little bit for this. Uh, So I went with The Truman Show. Absolute classic. um, Mostly just because I uh, just wanted to think about the logistics of how they, you know, if that was real, how it would have been done. Um, So Truman Show is about uh, Jim Carrey who plays Truman Burbank, who finds out his whole life has been televised as a reality TV show. Um, And I love, I remember when I first saw it, I just loved it. I thought the idea was genius. And then now for the rest of my life, I've just been, is that a camera? Is everyone watching me? What's going on here?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I saw this movie theatrically twice when I was in Canada. It's what a, what, what a, Belt of a movie, like it really wallops you over the head the first time you see it. Mm. And it came at a time also when reality TV shows wasn't that big, like no, and, and now it is. So going back to watch it ret- retrospectively, mm. um, particularly now is like you're a producer of this stuff. Like, yeah. Do you watch the control room stuff and, and think to yourself, wow, like.
0: Oh, 100%. I'd love to um, exist in the control room. So most of the stuff I do is in the field. So I'm, you know, with the contestants, basically watching them getting filmed and chatting to them off camera. Um, and then you go back into the offices where you suddenly see it all compiled and all the different cameras running. And it uh, it makes you so aware of how much is going on. And I don't know, it's, it's such an amazing world. Reality TV, I'm an avid viewer already. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm probably the only person I think in my team who actually watches the TV shows that we make. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I just love it. I, I'm so interested in the way it all works. And also then combining it with film. It's just the yeah. best kind of movies to watch, in my opinion.
4: What, are you a fan of Truman Show? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I thoroughly, I, I really liked it when it came out, but I, I don't like, I'm not like a, like the, the rabid fans of it mm-hmm. like now, like I, like I thought it was fantastic and I watch and I've, I've watched it a couple of times since, but every, once I finished watching it, I kind of stopped thinking about it and I'm constantly astounded by the fact that like how much love there is out there for yeah. this film. Like it is like, it's like one of the most popular films of all time. And I keep thinking, like, what have, what did I, what have what have I missed? What what is it about well, I mean, that I'm I not think, getting?
3: I think there was a generation that came after us, Ben, that this was part of their high school curriculum. Like, yeah. you know, and 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 it was directed by an Aussie, Peter Weir. So, did you notice the guy in the bathtub in Truman Show was the guy, the lead actor, something Camilleri from the Cars that ate Paris?
4: No, no. I, you know what? Funnily enough, the thing that sticks most strongly in my mind is Ed Harris's beret I was really impressed by like the you know <laughs> the reality show director with the with the beret that really I was like fuck I want to be that guy I want to wear the I want to have the artistic merit to be able to pull off a beret
0: <laughs> <laughs> I um I know one of the first iterations of it cuz it's based off the Twilight Zone a couple episodes of the Twilight Zone um it was going to be originally a lot darker and then they sort of edited it up to be a bit lighter in tone and i would love to see a version of it i imagine just... that
3: would have followed him to death yeah pretty much yeah yeah like the entire life of truman wow that would be awesome. it was written by um andrew nickel the guy that did gattaca and lord of war he had a very similar kind of vibe going through everything he wrote was very sort of a uh, heightened sense of reality and everything good choice
0: why well, thank you
4: good choice it did int- it introduced me too, to 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 what's that guy's noah emmerich The the guy who plays the best friend.
0: We we
3: spoke about him a a few months ago. Yeah, who is the brother of Toby Emmerich?
4: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And every time I see him in a film, I'm like, it's the guy from the Truman Show. (laughs) That's the guy from the Truman. Like, that's that's who he is. He is the best bud with the six pack. Yeah, (laughs) of beers. That is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I know where. Nice segue, mate. I know where that was going. was kind (laughs) of. lost a bit lost track lost track of both well
3: awesome choice Bell. awesome choice yeah just just talk over Ben just, no. just ignore ignore the man that's not in the room
4: I'm honest I'm on a separate mic so you can just cut me out it's it's uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually want to ask Belle, how real is Unreal, the TV show?
0: So this is this is a question I get asked a lot. And I think there is a large portion of it that is very real. Like when I first watched it, I watched it before I started working in television and then have done a rewatch now that I do work in television. And obviously it's heightened, but it is pretty close to the bone. Like it, wow. it's, it's people's lives. Like it actually is yeah. real people's lives and- I thought I kind of came into it expecting the classic, you know, some of it will be scripted or at least heavily pushed in the right direction, but no, like it's not at all. And at least with shows like The Bachelorette, it's just a bit of a weird environment. Like they're taken away from their family, from their support network. They're maybe not getting as good night's sleeps as they're used to or eating the foods that they used to. So the people do go go a bit crazy kind of thing. Um, So after being in that environment, I was like, oh, I could see how if you dial that to 10, you would get unreal. Like you would get all of that happening in a moment. Yeah, right. Plus it doesn't help that all the organizers in TV are creative. So just, you know, there's a, there's a general sense of disorganization and madness anyway.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That answer your question (laughs) bit.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you like you, cause it, 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 it almost feels like it's a reality TV show by itself the behind the scenes of a reality TV
0: show? Mm, 100%. Yeah, I feel like they could film everything that was going on behind the scenes. I think this is is one of the things I love about working in reality TV and one of the things that maybe sometimes, you know, grates on the old nerves is there's this sense that there's a, a little less professionalism than other industries, I would think. Like, there's not as many boundaries between home life and work life, which is great because everyone's personalities are great. Everyone's creative. Everyone's awesome. But it does mean that then your emotions come in and there's a bit more drama behind the scenes. You know, I I feel like there's a bit more coworker beef than the normal work environment. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't think people at ComBank are having fights in the kitchen kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I need to film that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd I'd watch that to be
3: honest.
0: Just call it the reality. (laughs) Yeah, I remember one of my first jobs, you know, in celebration of Splendour in the Mud, one of my very first jobs in TV when I was a runner, they we parked all our cars in this field because we were shooting out in the country and obviously pours with rain. It was the beginning of the floods um, and every single car, 200 cars, all bogged in the mud. And so we had to go around with this huge bucket and we got the... We got the car keys off all of the crew members and we spent about five hours in the pouring rain just like beeping cars, getting in, driving them out, like eight runners pushing all the cars out. And you go like, this wouldn't happen in any other industry (laughs) other than television.
3: It's like everything that goes on should just be filmed for like, Extra content.
0: Oh, I genuinely, I want to write a TV show. This is my movie or TV show pitch here. It's called <laughs> Runners and it's sort of like extras, but about the uh, people working in the bottom rungs of TV sets. because there is, is
3: amazing. You're preempting what we're going to do to you on the video on Tuesday <gasps> oh, night. We're going to pitch some reality shows at you. Oh, perfect.
0: I am ready. <laughs>
3: But before we close the show, Ben, um, we were going to originally do two recommendations each, but given that we, you know, squeeze your interview in there, we sort of cut it down to one, but we've maybe got time to do 30 seconds on each. If you do have another one, mate, I don't know if you've got one, Belle, you know, we didn't prep you for two. So if you want to. Alrighty. So Ben, did you have one you want to quickly touch upon? Give it Uh, maybe 30 seconds.
4: Yeah. Look, the other one I was going to talk about was the TV set from 2006. Directed by Jake Kasdan, who uh, was also the man behind one of my all-time favorite films, *Mumford*. It's like it stars David Duchovny, Ian Grufford, uh, Judy Greer, Sigourney Weaver, Justine Bateman, Lucy Davis pops up, Philip Baker Hall turns up, Jonathan Silverman plays himself. uh, Why don't I know this one? Is it Jake Kasdan or Lawrence Kasdan? Jake, it's the son. Jake, wow! I didn't know he was making films then. Yeah, and it's basically like. um, David DeCovney is a, is a screenwriter who's a, a showrunner who's uh, working his way through pilot season, trying to get his sh- show made, cast, dealing with scheduling, the whole thing, all the while kind of being sabotaged by the network, whose ideas for the show are completely different to his. Uh, and, you know, he, he's married to Justin Bateman, who's, who's just about to give birth. So he's got, he's dealing with all of that as well um yeah it's a, it's a really good we'll, movie we'll add
3: that one we'll add that one to our letterbox account so people can um go and check it out if they forgot what it was and one of the funniest oh, you? one of the funniest <laughs> there's no stopping ben he doesn't know the meaning of 30 seconds I, no. Saying, no.
4: I was gonna say one of the funniest uh like bits in it is that through the show the network that he's got the tv show on also has this has a show called slut wars where it's that's their that's their main off my list of pictures main reality show that they're kind of that they're pushing at the time and so there's commercial breaks for it through the whole thing and it's hosted by seth green i i do wish that i wish that that show was real
3: (laughs) we should create it we've got a producer here all right do you have another one that you might want to
0: yeah, <laughs> let's do it. So my second recommendation is really two films. Uh, We've got Hairspray. we got John Waters' Hairspray and we have the modern version, Feet, uh, John Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most key part of the modern film. Um, I love these two because it's a really good way to, I feel like, stack up how much a movie can change depending on the influence of who's making it and how it's reinterpreted. Yeah. Um, obviously, big fan of the OG John Waters version and love the crispness of the new one. But both films definitely worth a view. Zac Efron's really good in that one. Zach Efron is my OG crush. So, you know, I'm always going to lean towards that, you know? We'll have to get
3: Bell back on the show when we interview him.
0: (laughs) I'll be a puddle in the corner crying. It'll be great.
3: (laughs) And did you see what she did there, mate? That was probably about 15 seconds.
4: I don't understand how you got all of that information out in such a short period of time.
0: (laughs) I've been practicing for days, just speed, speed talking.
3: She does the one thing we don't. And that's like, she doesn't, um, uh...
4: I've just, I've just never met a sentence that I've never met. Uh, how does it go? I can't, I, I can't even think of how to say it.
3: You've never met, never <laughs> met a sentence that you could think of?
4: Well, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm like, why, why use, why use one sentence when 30 will do?
0: <laughs> I need you for helping me to write essays at uni. No? That would be good. <laughs> Well, the other one
3: I was going to talk about um, that wasn't stolen by the Boneheads was Richard O'Brien's sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Shock Treatment, which, you know, made in 1981, continued the story of Brad and Janet. And what a great film. Instead of being trapped in a mansion, they're trapped in a really surreal TV station. And then they became the, the stars of the show. Like, they become, like, locked in and, and forced to perform. And, and it's really cool. Like, the original cast that, that return are Richard O'Brien, Richard Gray, Little Nell and Patricia uh, Quinn. But Brad and Janet are played by Jessica Harper and Cliff DeYoung. I'll flip that around, like Janet and Brad. <laughs> it's not like one of those uh, gender reversal type of things. But um, Barry Humphreys, Rick Mayo Ruby Wax, it's such a fun movie that nobody seems to know about like i, I assume you've heard of it
0: no i haven't okay. i'm um that's on my movie to watch yeah. list
3: at first it is it doesn't hold a candle you know to rocky horror but i've now watched it officially more times in rocky horror and i like it a lot more i think mm. the music is just amazing it's got a lot of scathing you know satire and, and commentary in there so there you go that was probably 45 seconds Aww. on shock treatment. Um, that's all right. You gave me extra time by doing 15. That's it.
0: That's my charity work <laughs> for the day done.
4: I used all her extra time, Glenn.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap things up, we usually just list a few more. Um, the Running Man you mentioned earlier on, Ben. Gamer, have you seen that one? That was almost like a remake of Running Man. Soap dish. Why didn't anybody talk about soap dish?
4: Because uh, The China
3: o, Syndrome. Well, yeah, my, someone stole my DVD of soap, It's true. I'm fucking furious because I wanted to watch it ahead of this.
0: Wayne's World was one of the OG VHSs that oh, I had. Wayne's World,
4: amazing. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. What about SFW? Do you remember that? Yeah, one? totally. With Stephen Dorff. Yeah, with Stephen Dorff. I'm not a hostage. I just play one on TV.
3: And your favorite would be Up Close and Personal, surely?
4: Uh, surprisingly, I love that <laughs> film. Oh, Surprisingly,
3: <laughs> shock horror. Okay, yeah.
4: <laughs> It's no life or something like it, but it's pretty close.
3: We've pretty much come to the end of the show. So, Belle, it's so great to have you here.
0: My pleasure.
3: Uh, next time you're back in Melbourne, you have to come back on for sure.
0: Hundred percent. I'll do some viewing from now till then, so I can bring <laughs> yeah. some bring some good movie suggestions.
3: And hopefully, Ben can be at the desk for that because it is, let's face it, much more fun when you're here, Ben.
4: Thank you for but saying that.
3: Bell's done a damn good job of, um, of, you know, pretty much wiping you off the <laughs> the whole, you know, whole show.
4: Well, I think I think you'll find that this would this would be much preferable, much more preferable for you, Glenn, because now that I'm on a separate mic channel, you can actually wipe 90 <laughs> percent of the things I say, <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe we'll get into that family friendly area that you've uh, always constantly trying to push us towards.
3: I, I have not been doing that for a fucking <laughs> long time. I can tell you, sir. <laughs> But let's quickly plug Gone Girls again. That is running from <laughs> July 28th until uh, August, August, 6th. August 6th at Gasworks in Albert Park. Tickets from gasworks.org.au. Get along, everybody. Um, what else we got? You going to join us for the Twinkie winter Sandwich Challenge?
0: I am hungry and prepared. <laughs> so if you're
3: listening to this, find our um, YouTube or just go to goodmoviemonday.com. Everything is there. Uh, and next week, Ben, we've got Malzie on the desk. We're going to talk about uh, Terror on the Highways horror movies that pretty much take place on the road in cars or trucks. <laughs> but watch me throw them under the bus here. Uh, ben, you chose our outro song. Do you want to do the honours?
4: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know it's from broadcast news. I know it's French. I know Albert Brooks sings along to it. Edition
3: spéciale by France, uh, Francois Cabral or, you know, some kind of weird French name. That's right. See you next week, everyone.
9: D'abord y'a cette fille dans la boîte de verre qui dit bonne nuit à demain Sur un bout de musique, des bons hommes à l'envers et puis après plus rien J'étais là à 8 heures pour les mauvaises nouvelles, elle m'a laissé tout seul avec mes envies d'elle Derrière son visage, un paysage de neige, puis après plus rien Après je prends mon pote sur la radio locale au milieu d'un discours C'est le temps qu'il espère au-dessus de son bocal s'il arrive à faire un jour Parce qu'il paraît qu'il y a le feu à la moitié de la terre Et qu'on attend du mieux juste pour les sagittaires Après un dernier verre, le souffle des étoiles Et puis après, plus rien Et puis après, plus rien Et puis après, édition spéciale Édition spéciale En couleur naturelle, mais en d'elle Et puis après Quelqu'un que je connais qui soit encore debout Faut pas que je me leurre à l'heure qu'il est On doit pas être beaucoup J'ai du mal à dormir à côté de personne Et le silence matin je l'entends qui résonne Allez salut, bonsoir, le bruit quand je raccroche puis après, plus rien Et puis après, plus rien Et puis après, édition spéciale Édition spéciale Nature, ses yeux sur le mur. Et puis après, édition spéciale, édition spéciale, en couleur naturelle, mes envies. Mais la nuit arrive vite à ceux qui ont peur d'elle, il y a des choses qu'on évite pas facile avec elle, après-midi tranquille, après-midi banal et puis après. Oh, et puis après.